0: Welcome to the Audio Choke here at MMATorch.com. Hopefully you're listening to us on iTunes as well. Um, please listen to us on iTunes. If that's an option, then go ahead and go for it, man. It's crazy. All right, so here at MMATorch, leave a comment. Let's get a discussion going over at the forum and all that other good stuff. Also, um, Audio Choke at Twitter.com. Find us on Facebook and MMATorch on Facebook.com as well. Hi, I'm Greg Rowan. I'm Tobin Shelby. And I'm Matt Collins, and this is a love letter to the mixed martial arts community from the 49th state. And go!
1: Is that is that what we're calling it now?
0: Eh. I just thought about saying that. I've said it twice now. Not in a row. So I don't think it's an official thing. It's a little gay to yeah, be
2: it, an official thing. If we do it next week, it'll
0: be a streak.
1: I love you, mixed martial arts. Not that mm-hmm. there's anything wrong with that, I mean.
0: With loving mixed yeah. martial arts, absolutely nothing. If well, that's wrong, yeah. I don't want to be
2: right. Mixed martial arts doesn't necessarily have a gender anyway. There's both male and female, so, yeah. You know. I
0: just love the concept of
1: it. <laughs> At risk of over- overanalyzing something before we actually get to the meat of the episode, I think we should uh... Oh, we'll get to the meat of it. We'll all right. Put the kibosh on this analyzing our intro phrase, which I myself brought up. So, you know, I, I apologize.
0: Good job, Tobin. Yeah. I help Good it.
1: broadcasting. I started to fly it and I want to put it out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, oh no, the bag is filled with poop. Now you got poop on your shoe. What are you going to do,
1: Tobin?
2: Can I borrow your shirt? Oh, absolutely. Here you go. Yeah, that's a bad idea.
0: Yeah, Because I've been working out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, what's. <laughs> Check it out, Dolman!
2: <laughs> this is why we have the most respected Mixed yeah. Martial
1: Arts cop blog on the web. <laughs> mixed Martial what? Arts. arts. Oh, okay. Arts. So what's <laughs> happening out there? Nothing. Absolutely nothing Oh, shut up. WEC
0: that we talked about, <laughs> <laughs> that we actually wound up mentioning. Yeah happened on Saturday, and it was a good card. It did happen.
2: I thought it was a fantastic show. It was very,
1: very impressive.
2: The end of the main event was a downer because uh, the rest of the fight was really enjoyable up until that point. But uh, other than that, I thought it was a great show.
1: Yeah, and the championship belt uh, for bantamweight, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, Brian Bowles ended up uh, at the end of the second round... Uh, The fight was stopped due to, uh, I think, a doctor stoppage. Uh, it turns out Brian Bowles had broken his hand.
2: Yeah, between rounds, they stopped yeah. it.
1: and the, He also appeared to be limping and stuff. So, uh, yeah, unfortunate. It was a very exciting fight up until then. Uh, almost uh, a little one-sided uh, for Dominic Cruz, but it wasn't non-competitive. It just, you could, Dominic Cruz was clearly winning both, had clearly won the first two rounds, and um, you know, it looked like it might have gone, and it ended up being like, you know, a five-round, one-sided affair. But you know, that's why you have him fight the five rounds to see if you know the other guy can pull it out. But yeah, it's unfortunate that it was uh, Bowles busted up his hand, and you know, thanks to the internet, uh, if you if you look hard enough, you can find uh, Twitter photos and all kinds of good stuff of Br- Brian Bowles' giant, swollen hand.
2: Oh yeah, it's it's legitimately broken. Um, yes. he, he kind of alluded to the fact that it played a uh, role in the loss, which I don't know so much about that, because uh, I mean, Dominic Cruz was doing the Muhammad Ali thing for sure, he was bouncing around, he was being hard to touch, he he did exactly what he said he was going to do before the fight, he was like, you're not going to be able to reach me, you're going to be swinging your hands around, you're going to be missing. And I mean, uh, Bowles connected with some punches here and there, but when he broke his hand and he did not connect with a whole lot of punches, so um, I mean, he he was clearly losing, and I think even without the injury, he probably still would have been losing anyway. Um, it, it's not like he completely changed his game plan, like when Uriah Faber broke his hand against uh, Michael Brown a while back, where he started throwing elbows instead, I and mean, Brian Bowles was still going out there throwing big punches. Uh, it probably just hurt more when he landed him.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it, it, it's always it's hard to judge, and hopefully, you know, down the line we'll get the uh, get a rematch at some point once everyone's healed up, and I would imagine Bowles gets another win or something like that. But uh, yeah, it's just one of those. It's just one of those what if scenarios, you know. Like, uh, Greg mentioned that's a good point, you know. It, I, don't, I don't think Bowles w- would have necessarily won that fight anyways, but you know, it's just yeah, you got to have it finish is is the thing. So it's,
2: yeah, it would have been nice to see that go five rounds if it would have. Um, yeah, it was I mean, very well
1: paced for sure.
2: Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm really liking what I see from Dominic Cruz. Obviously he's the champ now. Yes. Um so, you know, he's pretty much on top of the heap at one thirty five. But he he may not be the best finisher around, but he still puts on very high paced fights, which is good. You know, I'm I'm happy to see a twenty five minute fight as long as it's exciting for twenty five minutes. Um it it's the boring twenty five minute fights, uh the Tim Sylvia esque ones that can uh, turn off a lot of fans But I mean As long as you're moving As long as you're Punching and kicking And doing stuff I'm all for it
1: Yeah Dominic Cruz Came across as And not in a bad way But he came across as Very manic He was throwing All kinds of stuff And switching up levels And some of it Was more effective Than others But he, he was constantly Pushing the pace The whole time Which I thought Was really uh, really impressive For him he, he did a lot of feints Too I mean you could see him like
2: Look like he was about To go for uh, some sort of attack Constantly I mean he probably Threw half the strikes That he looked like He was about to throw um, but, I mean, you do that and you keep the guy guessing And uh, he, he landed a lot of good uh, leg kicks And uh, when you're out-quicking a guy early on in the fight You land those kicks And uh, you're going to out-quick them a lot more in the later rounds
1: Yep. Yeah, and it looks like we might be headed uh, Well, we'll see But we might be headed towards a Dominic Cruz-Joseph-Benavidez fight at some point Because uh, Benavidez, surprisingly for the, I, I think for a lot of people, surprisingly Took out Miguel Torres in their uh, co-main event spot, I guess
2: yeah, and that would actually be a rematch. I believe they were saying uh, Benavides' only loss was to dominant Cruz a while back, so uh, that would be a rematch. Uh, this time, three r- or five rounds instead of three. And uh, yeah, I mean that that fight against Miguel Torres was very impressive for Benavides. He, he got the submission of the night for the, the guillotine, which uh, he he almost had like a triangle choke and a guillotine going. Uh, at the, se- I mean, obviously not choking him with both moves, but he had uh, the arm in and the other arm out. It looks like it, you know if Torres would escape from one move, he had the the second one ready to go, um, and he had him opened with a really nasty cut uh, from a, an elbow. Uh, I think in the the side mount or the mount. I, I don't remember exactly what position they were in when he did it. But uh, he bloodied him up and put him in a pretty gnarly choke there.
1: Yeah, the guillotine certainly didn't help the uh the bleeding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I noticed as soon as he got it in tight, you just saw more blood gushing from Miguel Torres's uh forehead there, which you know makes sense because a lot of pressure building up there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just looked it up and yeah, Dominic Cruz beats Joseph Benavides uh, back in August of '09. That was actually the same card where Bowles beat Torres for the uh, bantamweight belt. So. Might be uh, in some fans' eyes, it might be a little too soon for another match between them. But I mean, if you have two top contenders, you know whether they fought recently or not. You might, uh, unless you have some other really good options. I don't, I don't see why you wouldn't put them in against each other. Yeah.
2: And especially since Benavidez just won against such a, a large name at the weight class in such an impressive fashion, I don't see why not give them the title shot. And they already kind of have that built-in storyline uh, of the rematch to uh, to help build it up a little bit more. And uh, that could also set up a rematch that some people are already talking about with uh, the losers of both of those events. People are already talking about the Miguel Torres
1: and Brian Bowles rematch. Yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting because uh, you know I-, I know after Brian Bowles beat Miguel Torres, you know, there was some talk about you know a- any time like a long time champ is kind of beat is beat. You know the first time it's like oh maybe it was a fluke or you know give him a, give him a give him a rematch. You know he was just off his game that night and then you know if the champ lose, the former champ loses again then you're like okay what what happened uh what's going on oh no miguel torres is the best fighter in the world i don't understand but uh yeah now that, now that things have kind of you know i think come down from that level where it, you see that there's not necessarily that miguel torres is even getting worse but just like other people are getting better uh, other people in the bantamweight division are getting better um you know I, I yeah, pretty
0: soon he'll be doing viral uh, campaigning for Reebok <laughs> yeah. now, where he's working
1: out naked. Well, let's just say he's not Jens Pulver yet.
0: So uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: but uh, yeah, no, I, I think uh, once um, they're both healed up, I, I'd, I'd definitely be interested in seeing a rematch between uh, Torres and uh, Bulls, just because. Uh, it, I mean, it, it ended. That was a fr- it was a first round knockout. Yeah, you know. it was a pretty quick fight.
2: Yeah. So I mean, while that may just mean Bulls is that good, uh, it can also mean that you know, Torres got caught. Right. Uh, a first round knockout can sometimes leave you with some questions. So, uh, I mean, it's a rematch that a lot of people would like to see and I'm not taking anything away from Bulls. Maybe, you know, he, he earned it and maybe he's going to go out there and knock him out in the first round again. Uh, we'll see. Yeah.
0: Any other great highlights from, uh, WEC on versus over the weekend? It was a pretty awesome knockout. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, it was a, a prelim fight actually. Uh, uh, the name is escaping me yeah, right I'm now, which is sad. Um, don't worry, it happens. I'm yeah, it, it does right happen. Now. There's the one, Anthony Pettis Gets. and yeah. uh, Danny Castillo. Uh, and uh, Pettis earned the knockout of the night award for uh, a big old head kick
1: that put away Castillo, who is supposed to be a pretty tough dude. So, uh, yes. Well, a direct kick to the face followed by four or five punches on the ground will uh, make the most tough man
2: uh Fall asleep. Yeah, I, I don't think right. those uh, punches were really 100% necessary, though. Um, yeah. And, you know, no fault of the fighter. The, the ref just wasn't able to get there in time. Right.
1: Like, it wasn't egregious, I don't think, because, you know, the first couple shots, at least, you could see Castillo trying to get his hands up, and then after he, he went limp. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, maybe they should probably stop it. No.
2: no. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent knockout, though. Oh, my um, goodness.
1: Yeah, he, he threw a couple punches in there to set the kick up and I don't, I don't think he landed with him he just threw him and then they, like threw the kick right up and it was a pretty brutal uh, kick to the face yeah there was also a really nice submission victory
2: we saw um, another prelim that got aired uh, uh, one dude shoots in on another guy and then gets kind of caught in the sprawl position and uh, the guy who sprawled does uh, the five finger guillotine, where he just basically pushes his fists into the guy's arteries in his neck? Oh yeah, Scott Jorgensen putting the uh, putting the works on uh, Chad George. And it, yeah, he pushed George up against the cage and lifted him off the ground up against the cage. And then when the the guy taps out, the ref stops uh, Jorgensen and who walks away in celebration, yep. and Chad George just falls to the ground asleep, which yeah. uh, normally would have been. Uh, uh, a, a winner of a submission of the night award. If it wasn't for the fact that uh, you know the the, the Torres,
1: joke. yeah, Benavidez choking out Torres. Yeah, and you know I didn't even I was watching with a buddy of mine, but yeah, neither of us noticed that uh, Jorgensen had lifted George off the ground with the submission the first time. Then on the replay, you're like, oh, he's he's literally lifting, pulling him off of the ground. Yeah, he is in joke. the air. Wow, that is. But yeah, that was a pretty impressive night for sure. Um, you know, looking through there's a lot of other fights. Um, I guess the other other name name fight. You know, we don't need to necessarily break down the whole card, but um, Javi Vasquez and Jens Pulver and Jens Pulver trying to make a comeback again. Oh,
2: how'd that go for him? It didn't, it, it didn't go too well. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he, he had some okay. shining moments standing <laughs> up briefly, um, but he got taken down, and he he got put in the crucifix position where he was getting elbowed, and he just got this huge bump on his forehead. He looked like he had this big old horn going on. And then he, you know, excites everyone by escaping from the, the crucifix and immediately gets armbarred, like, right after that. So that was sad. And, I mean, his post-fight speech was equally sad where, you know, he's an emotional guy and he tends to cry in his interviews, win or lose. And, uh yeah, the guy was asking him what's next for him, and he's just like, I can't cry in front of you guys anymore. Uh, You know, it, it was... uh it was a tearjerker. Did he quit? You know, like... Yeah. It sounds like he was leaning that way, but... I mean,
0: yeah, if I'm not going to cry in front of you guys anymore and he cries no matter what, then...
2: Right. <laughs> he wasn't really committing to quit. He kind of said, like, we'll see where we go from here, but it, it sounds like uh, this would probably be the end for him. He had just moved to a new camp, I believe. Yep. He had been talking about uh, how he left the Militix fighting team, which he was the last guy, the last name guy, I guess, to to leave the camp. You know, guys like Matt Hughes uh, and Jeremy Horn left long ago, um, and the camp's been kind of dissolving, and here's Jens Polver, the the one, like, big name left, and, uh, you know, he, he didn't really have a whole lot of uh, really experienced guys to train with over there anymore. He'd uh, kind of taken the role of the teacher instead of uh, a student, which, you know, like, I'm sure that looked good in his uh, in his pocketbook, but probably wasn't too good for his his fighting abilities. So he left the camp and he goes to a new camp to uh, to try and train for this fight, and, and it, it still didn't work out too well for him. The game has passed him by at this point. So I think it would probably be for the best that he uh, retired, but you know at the same time for the WEC it'd probably be best that he stuck around for a little bit because he does have the name value where WEC doesn't really have a whole lot of that going on.
1: Yeah, I mean, he really is, you know, the 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 legend in the sport phrase kind of to, tossed around sometimes too much. But, I mean, yeah, he, he's really, you know, he was one of the first big UFC, like, lightweight fighters and, you know, beat B.J. Penn for the belt or defended against B.J. Penn for the belt. And, you know, he's got quite a resume. And it's just one of those things, you know, he doesn't seem – and age catches up with all athletes and sometimes they can kind of prolong their careers by kind of evolving with the game a bit. But Jens Pulver um, more or less has kind of been the same fighter for quite some time where he's, he's – Good stand-up, good puncher, but you know, and he's got some defensive wrestling and such. But if you get him on the ground, uh, he can he can get in some trouble pretty quick, most of the time. Yeah. you know, it's just he hasn't, um, maybe he has worked on it, but you know, it just it doesn't it hasn't translated into into his more recent fights that he's uh, working to kind of address those gaps in his game, which uh, Javi Vasquez kind of exploited him on the ground there. Well, and also. Time seems to be
2: kinder to heavyweights than it does for the smaller guys. Is you know they say speed is the first thing to go, power stays for a long time. Which is got Well, you see guys like George Foreman win uh, heavyweight titles in their 40s, and uh, I mean Jens Pulver is not an old guy. I think he's like 35. But you know w- when speed is your biggest attribute, uh, you know like at 35 that can be a big deal. And also when you get these little guys, they're a lot more well-rounded than uh, than the heavyweights are. So if you do stagnate for uh, a significant period of time, the game seems to pass those guys quicker than it would at a, at a heavyweight, where you can still be a uh, a pretty legitimate heavyweight contender with a pretty limited skill set. I mean, Brock Lesnar... Uh, you know, who is still improving, obviously. Uh, he went in there basically as a wrestler with mm-hmm. a, a little bit of striking and a little bit of jiu and won the heavyweight title. He's getting better striking and better jiu-jitsu um, over his time in the UFC. But, you know, y- at, at the heavier weights, you don't really need to be um, nearly as good in terms of uh, having a complete game. So... When you're a guy like James Pulver, who's outstanding at a couple of things, but kind of declining in those, and then uh, kind of iffy at a lot of other things, that that makes for uh, makes for a, a kind of shaky future.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, again, he's pretty big name in the sport for a while, and uh, it's always, you know, it's like, do you, from a fan point of view, it's like, oh, you want to see them get that one last victory right after the sunset? That never happens in sports. Like very rarely. And, you know, like later on down the line after he's been retired, it, it does happen with most sports figures, you kind of – you kind of, you remember like the, the positives, like the, the things, the, the really big career achievements. Like most people don't remember Michael Jordan for like, oh, remember when he kind of pissed away his career with the Wizards after the time with the Bulls? I mean, you know, athletes are going to remember for like the peaks of their careers for the most part unless you do something – Horribly egregious at, at some point later, but I mean, absolutely, you're, you're going to remember Jens Pulver for what he did, you know, in the UFC lightweight division, you know, defending against BJ e. Penn, that sort of thing. So, uh, mm. but uh, yeah, who, who knows? Well, what, what, what he'll do from here?
0: Well, anything
2: else from WEC or move on to something else? There's one other fight I'd like to talk about. It's the uh, the first one of the live card. Um,
1: yeah, uh, once again, on, the name the is
2: escaping me. Bart.
1: Uh, something Bart Yeah.
2: Yes. Against, uh, who was he fighting against there? Karen? Darabedian. Yeah. That might, Good
0: job, that was, you're rocking the names today. You know, so, so far.
2: That's one of those fights uh, where it, it kind of reminds me of a Mike Goldberg saying, um, you know, as, as cheesy as it is, he likes to point out how the submission can change a fight as suddenly as a knockout. Take a and, shot. And, yes. uh, you know, like, that's uh, exactly what happened in that one. Bart was getting his... Ass kicked for four and a half minutes of that fight, and then all of a sudden, bam, armbar. It's over. He turns it around just like that, um, and and pulls off a sweet victory.
1: Yeah, no, that was that was very impressive. I I was watching that fight like this isn't this isn't going well for Barge. <laughs> not, not not so much, you know. And he got you know cornered up against the cage, and uh, Derbidian was uh, you know landing some good shots on him. But yeah, as soon as it went to the ground, uh was able to. Uh, Turn the tide, as it were, and, and. yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's that's what people love about MMA, is you know, uh, and also it's what some some people find frustrating about MMA is like, oh, the guy was winning the fight, how'd he lose? But well,
0: sure, we well, gotta keep calm, you gotta, keep, calm. You gotta yeah. keep focused, and don't have a cow.
1: <laughs> don't have a cow, man. Exactly.
0: Perfect. <laughs> I was thinking about that one for a few minutes. You were like, that. Ooh, good.
2: <laughs>
1: yes. As soon as we said Bart, huh? I was <laughs> like, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Quit rolling your <laughs> <Yeah>. eyes. <laughs> I do find it fitting that uh, the two fighters, uh, Davidas Tarsovicius and Elsie Davis, who uh, I believe uh, both fought to split decisions with Javier Vasquez, also fought uh, fought each other this time, and I believe fought to a decision. Yeah, also that was split. also
2: kind of the only snoozer yeah. of the uh, of the card. I actually missed the first round of that as I went on an adult beverage run, uh-huh, and I came yeah. back and was not. I was informed that I didn't miss a a whole heck of a lot, yeah. and the uh, the rest of the fight really kind of proved proved that to be correct. Um, we actually did not get to see the fight of the night uh, winner, which was uh, George Roop versus. Uh, Leonard Garcia, which uh, was the only fight on the undercard to go for the full three rounds, apparently, but I guess it was a pretty kick-ass fight, hmm. and uh, George Roop won by decision. Oh, it's too bad we didn't get to see
1: that. Uh, quick correction, it was a majority decision for uh, between Toros Savicius and uh Elsie Davis, you know, as far L. as L. I L. know, uh, a majority and a split are pretty much the same thing, yeah, you know I, i'm I'm like reading the results, and I'm trying to figure out what the uh this is where we just like out ourselves as not knowing the difference between stuff like that, but i mean
0: we're getting better, everyone, and so there's a bit of a learning curve. we've just been doing this for three months, okay
2: <laughs> well, I mean, you look at a split decision and That's uh you two know against that, one yeah, this is two against one, which is also a majority. So yeah. I don't know where a majority decision would apply that a split decision would not apply. Right, maybe like, UFC
0: <laughs> uh, copyright, cop, you know, copyrighted, maybe? I don't know.
1: Uh, I don't think they could do something like that because it's the, the state judges that do such yeah. a thing. But, yeah, like I was just looking down at the, the results card and it said majority decision. So now I bet Google knows. Come on, Google. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, what else we have
0: out there? Well, we're Googling something. I'm yeah. sure that would be great audio. But. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, you guys heard about this uh, little thing with the UFC signing up.
0: Yeah, no. All right, so last week I kind of gave um, Tobin, maybe not some grief, but I just had a couple questions for him <laughs> about how something that he just complained about the entire um, episode would still be. Okay. Yeah, you know.
1: I, I, I believe I, I kept falling back to the phrase decent, which I appreciate you pointing that out, yes. because it, 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 I, I crutch on it, but I, I did try yeah. to defend myself to a point.
0: So Tobin thinks, thinks on it for a day, and comes over to me <laughs> the next day, and he's like, so, and then, you know, he had time to really think, and, and all right, so go on, so what was, what would become something not decent.
1: Well, yeah, uh, you know, I, we were talking on uh, the podcast last week about, you know, like something has to be really egregious, and it almost has to be from the promoter's standpoint. Like, you know, uh, certainly there are many boring fights, but I don't let that, I, I try not to let that, like, say, it's like, oh, that was a horrible card because there were boring fights, because, you know, that's what happens with sports all the time, just because, you know, we're not, it's the whole gladiator line, are you not entertained, uh, you know, it, it's athletes' jobs to... Compete and win at their event. The entertainment is secondary, and, and that gets a little more dicey. That's sometimes in, you know MMA where you know we're paying pay per view prices, that sort of thing. But yeah, I, I brought up that it, it really has to be something promotionally that that really kind of gets under my skin, where I'm like, this is this is bad. Um, you know, one example I can think of now, you know, looking back on it now, is when Elite XC was still up and running, putting Kimbo Slice, who at that point was. And, and might still be an unproven commodity uh, as far as a fighter goes, uh, a very, you know, one or two fights under his belt, and those were kind of sketchy at best, putting him in a main event slot. On where, CBS. On CBS, whereas, the, you know, the right thing to do with even a popular fighter who has not proven themselves, you don't put them in the main event slot. That usually goes to uh, either, you know, uh, a, a legitimate, you know, grizzled veterans fighting for... For uh, you know, in the main event or you know a title belt. Yeah, so
0: some of the promotion right. just putting pushing a fighter to the front uh, for the right. better of themselves, right. not
1: really for the for right. the fans. So that, that's one example. Uh, another example I can think of now within the last week, and we'll see how it plays out. But let's say for example, a major organization like the UFC signing a, I'll call him old because he is for fighter old uh, a a boxer. Who uh, really apparently has no MMA experience. And, um, you know, after calling out Dana White, apparently gets, uh, gets a shot in the UFC.
0: And now not just calling out Dana White, right. but perhaps even close to stalking him.
1: Is that right, Greg? No. He's been all over Dana White. Yeah, James Tony going, yeah. going all
2: out. Um, I mean, he's been showing up to shows. He's been going on uh, TV shows calling out Dana White. Um, I have to disagree with this... Uh, quite crossing that line
1: it'll have to i'll have to see how it plays out for sure but just the idea at this point is kind of kind of getting under my skin but the reason going, i yeah.
2: say that is because while james tony is a bit old um, you know mma is proving that you can kind of fight into your 40s uh, i mean there's there's it's a true. handful of notable names
1: in their mid-40s but
0: they're like some of the biggest ones though
1: Aren't they well, I mean Herschel Walker is a good example of someone who you know, that, and that's a perfect you know the crossover guy who's like coming in from a different sport and you know just picked up in May that sort of thing, so I mean he did have a good yeah, baby. Yeah, one of those trip. freak freak athlete guys who who's much younger his body seems much younger than he is, yeah, but anyway, I mean James certainly while he's old, is not super old right right, and
2: he is a multiple time champion at boxing which is not mixed martial arts, but is one of the core styles of mixed martial arts. While I would not expect him to survive a takedown followed by some ground-and-pounder jujitsu. Uh, should he manage to keep any fight standing, he would clearly have the advantage. Um, it's not like he is a pro wrestler or, you know, a football player even, uh, where they are style is not applicable to mixed martial arts. Being a boxer, I mean, the better boxer you are, that makes you a better mixed martial arts fighter. I think stylistically, he could handle a lot of people pretty easily. I would like to see, perhaps, a fight between James Tony and Crow Cup. I think that would be a fun one. And, uh, you know, th- there's a handful of other fights out there that would be fun to see him in. I certainly wouldn't want to see necessarily the Kimbo Slice fight, which is what's been talked about. That one could borderline, you know, the, the circus show that uh, Dana White claims he's trying to avoid. But, you know, he's he's not going to go in there and just give James Toney a title shot. That's no, one thing no. he's flat out said. He's not going to be the most hyped guy in the UFC, which is, uh, you know, what the Kimbo crime was in the first place. Yeah. Um, He's a test. He's a guy who's uh, i'm mean, like I said, he's been stalking Dana White, so he's clearly if nothing else he he's he's the one who came to the UFC uh, because he wants to fight. whether or not that means he's taking it super seriously, uh, we'll find that out when he fights. but um I, I don't see it as being a huge crime against the UFC in that one. Um, as long as he doesn't wear one boxing glove to the uh, cage, I think we'll be yeah. okay. Yeah, I, I don't think they're gonna let him do that one. <laughs> the, the state athletic commissions are gonna stop that one from happening. Yeah, but, but you know, I, I think it should be interesting. I like to see who they match him up against first before I make any real judgment calls on that one, though.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think just like when you hear the headlines, like UFC signs pro boxer to for to fight MMA, you're like, what? Why? But yeah, again, we'll have to see how he's promoted and how it plays out and everything. But it it is just kind of and, – and, again, I'm not I'm not trying to, you know it, – it's just Dana White in the past has made big points about, you know, like not wanting to do freak show fights and all of that. And and on just, the,
0: yeah, hires on the, a guy. Right, just, on the surface at least.
1: Him. And, again, we'll see how James Toney ch- trains and all of that. But, I mean, just based on a lot of the comments he, James Tony himself has made, he's like, oh, I'm still going to box and go in between, you know, MMA boxing, that sort of thing. It, it, it kind of brings the question how seriously he's taken it and, and why Dana White would – would sign him like that, but at the same time, Brock Lesnar had one fight, and uh, Dana White signed him, and that worked out well so yeah. yeah, it 's all about you know where you, the placement on the card, how you promote him, who you put him in against, and it could be just one of those things where uh, Greg mentioned you know th- this James Tony would probably kill most guys in the stand up um, just based on his boxing credentials um it could be one of those things we want to show it's like oh well any anyone who stands with a boxer is is going to do poorly but you know this is MMA if you get a takedown he's probably not going to do well but uh we shall uh we shall see how it goes yeah, well, and you know if, if
2: it was like the the age is the only thing that really can get to me in this situation, and like I said, he's he's old, but he's not super old. Right. Right. But I mean, you know, you look at a guy who's a former boxing heavyweight champion, and really, how's that any different than a jujitsu world champion, right? Right. Or a wrestling world champion, and you know, when those guys get signed to the UFC, nobody says a word because you know those are the accepted sports to to. Progress to UFC, but a big part of that is due to the money. Um, there's no money in wrestling at all. In jiu-jitsu, there's some money now, but it's still not big money. It's mostly just sponsorships. And, you know, if you win a big tournament, there's probably a cash prize of some sort. But, you know, in, in either of those sports, there's not a whole lot of money to be made. So the natural progression, if you become the bomb at uh, you know, jiu-jitsu or wrestling, is to, to, to go into mixed martial arts if you're okay with getting punched in the face. Um, boxers, however, make a buttload of money if they're on top, so they, for the most part, don't really have much of a reason to go to the UFC. But if one of them feels that they uh, that they want to make that uh, transition and they can, I don't really see how it's really any different of a scenario.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I guess I guess my 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 issue with that would be uh, y- even how the signing itself is promoted and um, the way James Tony himself went about it, where you know he. he It became, like, the signing of... Like, it would be one thing if you signed a boxer and, you know, like, oh, and he's going to debut on this show on the undercard and, like, make an announcement. This seemed like it became much more of a big deal, like, where... And, again, you know, it's, it's not like it's a horrible thing, but it just seemed a little more odd. than I mean, because we've seen the UFC sign uh, prospect and, and prospects all the time, but you don't see, unless it's, say, Brock Lesnar, where they're trying to appeal to a certain demographic, you don't see, like, a big super announcer, like, hey, we signed this prospect or we signed this guy from a, a different sport, that sort of thing. But your point about boxing, you know, being a legitimate uh, foundation in MMA, much like a jiu-jitsu, Jiu-jitsu, rather, or uh, or wrestling it, it is well taken. I think that's a good point.
2: Yeah, well, um, just to counter what you uh, said real quick, um, you know, the UFC does sign prospect after prospect, but, you know, two years ago, who the hell was John Jones? Right, yeah. Yeah, who the hell is that guy? Like, why is he getting any hype? Uh, James Tony, Brock Lesnar, they get hype uh, as being a prospect because... We know who they are. That's why they get that extra little bit of talk about them, as opposed to, you know, any given uh, prospect. Because prospects, you know, are a dime a dozen. Um, There are certain ones that prove to be great, and certain ones that uh, prove to, you know, just kind of fall by the wayside. But until they uh, have those fights, you never know. But uh, the guys with names, you know, they can live or they can die, but... uh, they're certainly going to bring in more ratings, more buys, and uh, just gather more attention
1: uh, right away. Yeah, yeah, you know, good point. I certainly don't mean to come across as like being anti. I just found it. I just you know my base reaction when I saw it was like, that's weird, and, and it's
0: an, a totally understandable opinion, right? Man. And I, and, and I also
1: okay. don't I also don't want to come across because when Herschel Walker, uh, the stuff with Herschel Walker and the Strike Force in uh, Strike Force came about, you know, I was kind of you know I understood why they did it and that sort of thing. But uh, I, I guess one of my things is the U.F.C. Sh- UFC doesn't need... They don't need to, like, trick people into watching their product. The UFC is solid. They're established. They've got, you know, so many pay-per-views a, sh- a year. They you, know, they, you know, have steady uh, viewers on Spike. Uh, even the, their prelim cards, that they do get, you know, a million-plus viewers. Whereas uh, up-and-coming promotions or, you know, pro-promotions that start, you know, after years sold, uh, are just now kind of coming onto the national stage like a strike force. Kind of need all the help they can get, which... Uh, it, so I don't, I don't want it to sound like a double standard, but again, like UFC is clearly above all the other MMA promotions when it comes to you know being having a, a good established name, having their uh, you know their business model set, having their you know uh, their brand name kind of intertwined into you know kind of pop culture where like most people know that people still confuse UFC for MMA. You know, it, you know it's like oh, I watch some MMA. What's that? Uh, it's like UFC. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. so thing where if you drop the name Strikeforce. Most people uh, at this point, you know, uh, people on the street probably won't know what you're talking about. So it, so it just seems like, you know, with UFC being so much higher than everyone, uh, all the other promotions for the most part, it, it seems odd that they would go to the tactic that other ones kind of seem to use to to get that, you know, their day on the Internet or, you know, get get the media talking for, for a day or two about, you know, a big signing or something like that.
2: Yeah, well, I, I see what you're getting at with a double standard, and I do agree with that uh, in all honesty because I, I think the UFC – uh, for the most part should be above things that uh, other promotions well, I'd like them to be above it, but I would understand completely why they wouldn't because, you know, you, you got to do what you got to do to survive. Um, but at the same time, I kind of see the uh, James Tony signing as being a bit more legit than the Herschel Walker mm-hmm. signing. You know, Herschel Walker does appear to be an outstanding athlete, especially at 47. And, you know, he may surprise me, but, you know, was like boxer versus football player. Uh, you know, <laughs> one of them is clearly a more legitimate uh, prospect in terms of uh, past accomplishments in related sports. Yes. So uh, yeah. you can't. Uh, <laughs> but shoulder tackles, I'm sure, are very useful in MMA. So. Yeah. Well, he did seem to have <laughs> good takedowns. He spent the whole fight on top of that other guy. Yeah. So the one boxing
0: glove—is that a Tekken reference?
2: No, that's, uh, that's that old was, school UFC. I think UFC One. Yeah. Was that it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Who did that? Some guy. That's
0: <laughs> awesome. All right, I was like, is that a video game? But no. you guys had such a good flow going that I couldn't, uh... Yeah. Is that Tekken? Yeah. I, I, I forget <laughs>
2: the guy's name, but he was the boxer, I think, in UFC 1. And, um...
1: Came out with one boxing glove. Yeah, he, he was Could supposed... to fight like that? No. He got well, taken down and beat. Yeah. <laughs> he,
2: he got his ass handed. I believe he fought Hoist Gracie, though, so... Uh, yeah, you know, that, that was to be expected basically, but he was supposed to go out there bare knuckle, um but he refused because he did not want to break his right hand. Uh which I guess he was okay with breaking his left hand. Um but he came out there with uh with one boxing glove on and continued to just lose. Yeah. It, it was a quick fight.
1: All right. Yeah. It wasn't pretty. Oh, by the way, uh we mentioned it like before we got on the James Tony kick, uh, the difference between a majority decision and a split decision. Majority decision according to the internet's uh, is when two judges score it one way and the other judge scores it a draw. Oh. Yeah. So. Mm. Well, excellent. Well, now yeah. we know. Thank yes. you, so, Thank uh, you, Google. Yeah. Thank you, Internet.
0: Thank you. <laughs> we give you a blood sacrifice.
1: Oh, that seems a little...
0: A <laughs> little much, huh? huh? <laughs> that seems a little
1: extreme. Yeah. <laughs> For Google, never. <laughs> so what else we have going on? Um some interesting stuff coming up with uh, Strike Force versus the UFC Strike Force's next uh next card on CBS I believe is I think scheduled scheduled uh for uh, April 17th now. Uh, we we'll talked about it with Dan Henderson, Jake Shields, uh Mola Wall versus uh, Gegard Gigard and a couple other uh fights as well and uh it sounds like uh UFC is interested in uh, doing some live counter programming, and this is a, the counter programming itself isn't new. They always kind of like, hey, you can catch a repeat of the last UFC pay per view at the same time this other MMA event is on. Don't uh-huh. watch it, you know.
0: A free repeat
1: though, huh? But it's of a pay per view. Uh huh. Versus you know a live, a live non-UFC event. Well, so sure. But a, I mean, sorry,
0: You know, it's already been almost like a month when it comes on, so I don't know. So I guess if they it, wanted to, they works. would have looked up on yeah. the internet. Yeah, 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 I'm sure it does.
1: It, it, they definitely, I mean, because, you know, it, it, a lot of people who watch, you know, stuff on Spike TV don't necessarily see, you know, watch every pay-per-view. So, it, I mean, it, it's effective in that they do get viewers for that. I mean, they've run specials, you know, like a Chuck Liddell special one time uh, back in the past. But I think this is the the first time uh, there'd be two live uh, MMA pro- uh cards on TV at the same time. Before we've had, like, the UFC has countered a, a pay-per-view. Yeah. With a li- like, I, I remember, I think, one of the Afflictions cards uh, uh, the UFC ran uh, Anderson Silva. Yeah, that was the tried. first one. The, yeah, that was the first time Anderson Silva fought at uh, 205.
2: Yeah, which was up against uh, Fedor, against Tim Sylvia.
1: Right. So so we've seen them counter from a before. And again, it's not new, but the, I think this will be the first time we see the UFC kind of, I think it would be like a fight night type thing, and the details are still kind of sketchy at this point. Yeah, uh, not, who would be involved, but uh, yeah, I think that's kind of interesting. To me,
2: um, you know, like, w- when you give me a live show for free and a, a live show that i got to pay for, it- it's not a huge decision. Right. Um, you know, like, pay-per-views are expensive. Yes. And, uh, you know, like, I like to see Anderson Silva fight. So as, as much as I wanted to see the Tim sylvia Fedor fight, uh, you know, YouTube later on. But, um uh w- when you're fighting a-, a live card that's for free with a uh i mean is, is this even a live UFC or are they replaying a uh, a pay-per-view
1: no it sounds like this would be a, a live UFC like fight night uh um, that they're they're planning on All right, well in that case
2: i, I guess it really kind of depends on the card but um i mean even then y- you almost just kind of want to go with strike force just to uh to keep them around because uh i mean CBS is not going to be too happy if they get poor ratings on this one. And the card, you know,
0: sounds pretty good, and I don't know what the UFC could throw at them. I'm sure they can throw, right. you know, well, they huge can throw, names they
1: at it. Yeah, the, the, the UFC has the benefit of, ha- uh, first of all, you know, being a st- the UFC brand being established. Uh, and, yeah, they they have kind of more named fighters. Uh, and this is like, uh, I, th- I think Bloody Elbow kind of had an interesting piece up about it, how this could be like Strike Force's last stand on network TV. Because, again, it, it it all comes down to ratings, whereas, you know, you, you, if you're the UFC, you can get away with having a, a bad rating every once in a while on Spike or even a bad pay-per-view buy because you're you're so established. You have this huge track record, but that's not network TV. And, uh, yeah. you know, they, and it's interesting because you know uh, people have been quick to point out that you know even even the very well-rated uh, MMA shows that have gone on CBS, whether it be Elite XC back in the day with Kimbo Slice headlining, or, or now force uh, their last uh, was Fedor versus Brett Rogers did very well. Uh, but it did very well for the younger demographic for the most part whereas they're still losing viewers compared to like i don't know a rerun of CSI or whatever but it's because they they get a good rating in a demographic they don't normally get so it's kind of interesting analysis going on at several websites about you know the uh the the trade off there and it, when eventually that kind of becomes a losing effort you know so um you know yeah. if 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 the Strikeforce card hits like a, a low you know will, will that be it that sort of thing so yeah and I, I'm always a fan of you know the competition breeds uh you know excellence type deal you know where if you have two really strong competitors but uh I, I guess you know the, the end of the argument is I'm glad I have DVR so
0: yeah I've got two TVs <laughs> too <through>. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I do worry a bit
2: about the uh the Strikeforce show though because. The sounds of the thing is their uh, main event is going to be Jake Shields against Dan Henderson which while that is a good fight that uh, you know a lot of us would like to see I'd like to see it um, you know it, if it goes Jake Shields way at all it's not going to be an exciting fight and I mean even Dan Henderson while he does have some very exciting knockouts has also been prone to some extremely boring decisions and, uh, you know, if that's their main event and uh, it does not have an exciting first round, I could see them losing the end of the show, whatever viewers they have, to uh, to Spike.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of one of those situations where you're kind of holding your breath to see how it pans out. And, well, let's uh, hope it's not
0: force last stand. I mean, they just re-signed a contract, didn't they?
1: Well, I mean, they've been on. They've had the CBS Showtime deal for I think over a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and you know, if this falls through for Strikeforce, it would be the end of Strikeforce. I think it would just be you know the, the end the, of CBS. Right, the end of the CBS deal. But Strikeforce has been a regional promotion for years, and you know they're running yeah. shows out of San Jose for a long time and doing successful on that. But you know, just moving up to like being promoted as like you know the number two MMA promotion in the U.S. Well, Uh, that that could cause some issues. And even then, I'm
2: sure they'd still be on Showtime because I I think they've been pretty successful over there. And, uh, you know, with with Showtime, uh, they're not as dependent on commercials. Uh, It's basically you you pay for the the Showtime product, and they give you all kinds of products as a package deal, and and Strikeforce is is part of that. And uh, from all I've heard, uh, you know, that, that has been a pretty successful marriage. So, while they may be off CBS, which would really suck for guys like Dan Henderson who moved over there uh a large part because he wanted to be on network TV. Um, you know, at, le- at least the com- the promotion is not about to go under.
1: Right. And and we can all uh at least Dan Henderson can be assured that he will be on network TV because he uh, he and several other uh, fighters will be appearing on an episode of NCIS. Oh, snap. Oh. I think it's the week before the uh the CBS card. So Ooh. a little bit of uh a little bit of a cross promotion, yeah. Nice synergy there. So uh, <laughs> interesting. Uh,
0: well, let's see how Strikeforce does with it, the uh, the female 35 to 54 demographic. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, in that. It's a really specific sport. You know, like it, right, pretty yeah. much any male of any age can enjoy it, and I think right. that the females are uh, getting there eventually. But there's not really a mass appeal it's for people to with money. Gram-
1: it's harder to convince grandma to watch MMA than to convince grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got gotcha. you. But even then with
2: grandpa, there's a lot of crusty old dudes yeah. who are set in their ways of, uh, you know, a, a, a fight should be two dudes standing, yes. punches only. What are they you know, going to lay on top of each other?
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and, and again, I don't want to come across as like four or against one promotions. Just, you know, I, I want to... Because you know, us from the put standpoint, I totally get it. They want to crush their competition because they want to be the MMA brand, and I totally get that. So you know, and so it's not not a bad thing, not not a bad thing for them. And I, I certainly don't want to come across as saying they shouldn't be doing this. But from a fan's perspective, you're like. I want a lot of good MMA. Yeah,
0: we're fighting for the future. We want to not have to pay for every single <laughs> MMA fight that's out there. You know, we, being on network TV would be wonderful. Right. So you know, we're, even in a yeah. minimal sense. So now we have the bare minimum. So if this can latch on to something, yeah. You know, then the audience can grow along with it. You know, get a get a tick onto a neck or something like that, and as that body starts to grow, so yeah. does. The
1: tick. Because idealistically, I think that you know. More MMA is good for more quality MMA that's seen by more people is, is good for all the MMA promotions. And that might be a little like naive of me, but you would think that you know, like oh, you see a free fight on CBS, and then you know, like start googling MMA or blah 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 blah, and then get led into you know the more you know the you you find more stuff about the UFC or even you know smaller or you know smaller lesser known promotions and and that kind of all could perhaps steamroll is, is the idea. But I'm sure I'm not a marketing genius. I'm not a I'm not a fight promoter. I don't know, but. From my own self standpoint, I want I want free fights on TV. I'm go.
2: actually kind of surprised that Dana White seems to be pulling off the gloves here, because w- when you look at his interviews that he's had um, over the past year or so, um, I mean, he, he's always got lots of praise for Strikeforce and Scott Hover. He, he seems to like uh, what they do. Um, he certainly refers to them as being much more legitimate than uh, a lot of the other uh, people who have cu- sprung up in the past. He... Uh, I and mean, he doesn't say anything bad about them he he's talked some smack about showtime uh but not so much the the strike force promotion he he seems to wish them well uh when he's actually talking
1: but yeah i think just the attitude may have changed a bit once strike force got the cbs thing and you know who who knows but uh
0: and yep. he really shouldn't be promoting them either. Right. You know, it's
1: still it's still
0: business 101, you know, like he shouldn't really be talking about strike force at all. Like you know, they I've
1: shouldn't exist to him. Before.
2: Yeah. Well, and you know, w- w- when you're talking about the kind of interviews that he's doing, uh, you know, if you don't know what strike force is, you probably haven't seen that interview kind of deal. I mean, that, that's the uh that, that's some true MMA nerdness stuff going on there and uh, you know, Basically anyone who's seeing that stuff and hearing Dana White mention these other promotions, they know what's
1: up. Right, because it's not like he's mentioning Force or making fun of Herschel Walker or anything like that in like his his yearly Men's Fitness appearance. It's it's you know you got to search out his video blogs or post fight press conference things that sort of thing. So you're probably already aware of of Strikeforce and all kinds of other MMA stuff going on at that point if you're looking up Dana White interviews.
0: Well then it's just down to business. How about that? Nothing yeah, yeah. personal, just business. Crush yes. your competition.
1: Yeah, but I mean, exactly.
2: I get that. I get that. With with other competitors in the past, he's been very vocal about how much he just flat out hates it. I mean, yeah. when Elite XC was doing their Kimbo thing, I mean, not only was he talking smack about Kimbo, but he was talking about smack about the promotion, about how they're you know just evil and they're they they're giving the sport a bad image and all that stuff. Um, he he was very vocal about that. So. He seems to have a different attitude, even if he does kind of have the mobster thing going on where, like, you know, I'll kill your family, yeah. but it's just business.
1: Right. Well, I think a lot of it has to go to with Strikeforce and Scott Coker being having been in MMA for a long time as opposed to appearing to be, like, uh, a former boxer promoter or someone else who's like, hey, this MMA thing is popular. Let's try and make money off of it quick. Whereas, like, Scott Coker's been, been in the game for a while and Strike, Strikeforce has been around. For quite some time, doing doing their MMA thing on a smaller scene. So mm-hmm. that's true. I think it's more of a, a little bit more of a respect thing. But uh, so I, until we see a yeah.
0: UFC card, we'll be watching CBS. Is that what we've gotten to? Well, uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna probably watch both.
1: both. Yeah, yeah. If but, for those of us yeah. that don't have
0: an option, if yeah. you didn't, Tobin, what would you do?
1: Oh man, I, I don't know, cause like part of it is really like you know the U, part of it's like the comfortability, uh, being comfortable with the UFC. Like the UFC's on all the time. Like, and that doesn't make their events any less special, but, like, you know you're going to see those fights, like, in a couple weeks again on, like, a recap, you know, like a, a recap or a rebroadcast or something like that. Whereas, you know, how often, I mean, really, how often do you get to hear the words MMA on network television, you know, together that doesn't Once happen every a lot. six months. Right, so it's a little more. It seems a little more special, even if like you know the the quality of the fights might differ a bit. But it, it seems more of like an, an event type feel to me at least. And then, again, not knocking, the, not not even pertaining to the quality of the fight so much as I, I, I'm still like, hey, people are going to see my MMA thing that I'm yeah. a big fan of, you know, and I'm, I'm excited when you know. Yeah, and yeah. educated masses can check out MMA. Yeah.
2: One thing that I w- I'm going to throw out, which is probably going to end up being the reason why I, I'm going to watch Strike Force, imagine you know, going to your local coffee hut instead of the massive juggernaut that is Starbucks. Yeah. Um, You know, like one guy's about to go out of business and the other one's just coming in there and just destroying all the competition. And I mean, as we said before, this could be Strike Force's last show on CBS if they don't get their ratings. And I know that I'm going to make a very small blip on the radar, but you know, if there's a whole lot of people that have an attitude like that, uh, I, don't you know, our, I don't think they take I
0: don't think they take ratings from here either. Oh snap! It doesn't matter what we watch at oh. all. <laughs> We're not
2: on the Nielsen. Really?
1: Better start Better start typing some emails to CBS. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, it's one of those things where, it, yeah, the Starbucks thing is a good example. Starbucks might do good. Starbucks does make good coffee. They do. A, lo- a lot of people like it. But, again, it's like just like the, uh, the idea of trying something else, supporting supporting the little guy. So this, is, yeah. this almost comes off as a pity party for Strike Strikeforce. And well, that yeah. seems kind of bad. But, you know, again, it goes back to, the like, I, I want to see multiple successful MMA organizations so you have good competition, so the fighters are better compensated, so people, the viewers have more options between free fights, pay-per-view fights, that sort of thing. And and it's not a big drop off in in quality between the between the options.
0: You don't right. want just one game in town. Right. It's uh, it's not fair to anybody, really, except for the
1: promoter. Uh, yeah. Fairness. You sound like a socialist. What's up with that? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want I want to be able to watch the NFL, college football, and arena football.
0: Yeah. That's all I'm and saying. you have that right.
1: Yeah. Well, the arena yeah. football thing kind of.
0: Well, we have half an arena football <laughs> thing here. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. All right. What else we got?
1: Um, hmm. Let me check the upcoming uh, schedule. Uh, at risk of uh, you know, not uh, mentioning any upcoming fights, but we do got a
0: And we have we've heard about Julio Polino,
1: right? Our Alaskan fighter who's going to be on, on mention, a- I don't know if we mentioned that on the podcast. We shouldn't. I, I don't know if we have mentioned we it. Haven't I don't think we haven't have, no, mentioned it. Yeah, Ever. Never, I was
2: wondering if you guys had I any more it. information. I don't think I even heard of this. So, let's hear it. You're,
0: you're <laughs> I, did, I didn't <laughs> want to do that. I was yeah. like,
2: oh, well, hopefully one of you guys knows more about it,
1: because uh, I know what's happening. But... So what's up with Julio, who's uh, who's fought multiple times in the Alaska fighting championship? Yeah, I, I mean,
0: it's no big deal, but we have that other um, Alaskan fighter who was on UFC. See, I shouldn't have brought this up, so I don't really have the facts and the memory to really back up what I'm saying.
2: Well, th- there's been a, a handful of Alaskans uh, fighting the UFC it's been uh, pretty limited success for the most part. Um Uh you might be talking about Doug Ryan. There's uh, another
1: one recently, Justin Buckholtz. Oh we'll yes, here.
2: who fought Mac Danzig. Yes, yes. Uh, that's probably the guy. But what's up? what's up with uh Julio?
1: Um well it sounds like he's gonna be fighting on the uh, the versus uh, oh, card. The uh, March, March twenty uh, is March twenty first on versus the UFC Thank on versus you, Oof.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> i good for bringing up topics, I, just had, I just had to keep you guys
1: talking long enough for me to figure out how to spell his name properly <laughs> in Google. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I believe it looks like uh, Julio Paulino will be fighting uh, Mike Pierce. Yeah, the, and it's going to be an undercard. So undercard it may not get, you know. I think Mike Pierce is uh, coming off a loss to John Fitch. No, yeah, no shame in that one though. Yeah, so uh, that'll be interesting. I don't know if we'll get to see it, but it's kind of cool when you have like the guys from your area step up at yeah. a big show. Well, this is going to be a,
2: a a very large event. Um, it, it's got a pretty stacked main card, which looks like it only has three fights on the main card.
1: Yeah, well, I, I got a. This is a uh, the the news news page I'm looking for is dated March 2nd, so there might be more info on that since then. But yeah, you, you got Brandon Vera versus John Jones and the. Uh, The main event, you also have Junior Dos Santos versus Gabriel Gonzaga and uh, Chet Congo taking on um, Paul Puentello. And honestly,
2: I'd be surprised if any of those three went to Decision. So I wouldn't be surprised if we got to see some prelim fights.
1: Right. The one I could see going to Decision most likely is John Jones versus Brandon Vera, not because those guys aren't exciting fighters or, you know, uh, explosive and athletic or whatever you want to call them, but it's just because I, I think this, their style matchups might lead to, you know, it, it going to a, a very interesting but, you know, uh, you know going the distance but being, you know, good back and forth the whole time. Whereas, yeah, Junior Dos Santos versus Gabriel Gonzaga and Paul Buntella versus Chet Congo, uh, yep. th- those guys are, are bringing uh Both bringing Those are
2: most likely going to be early knockouts, um, with the possible exception of a early submission with the Gonzaga-Dos Santos fight. Because uh, as good as Dos Santos has looked uh, in the UFC, he's still—I uh, mean, his ground game is a question mark. We we haven't seen it at all.
1: Right, yeah, that's the thing. It's, we don't know if it's good or bad. I mean, he trains with he trains with No Yeah, so presumably so it's great. One would assume, but yeah, it's just one thing we haven't seen yet. Um, as far as you know, upcoming big MMA events, I, I think the next one is the uh, the UFC on Versus. Uh, I'm double checking that right now. Make sure we. Uh, Art's yeah, UFC on Versus is the 21st. Then you have UFC 111, St. Pierre versus Hardy on the 27th. Uh, there's a Strikeforce Challengers on the 26th. Oh, so that'll be a good weekend. Right on. we got more yeah. shows coming up, so, yep. so hit on those more then. Yeah, but I, I think we're kind of like we get hit that one-week lull where things will kind of be cool and there's no, like, big event this weekend, but, like... Starting next week uh, and going okay. forward, it's going to be kind of kind of nuts for a while. We're
2: right going to be busy. Yeah, oh,
1: so nothing nice going, going on this weekend. Uh, not not between the UFC, W C, and Strikeforce. You got any dates lined up? Uh, I do not. Bummer. I went on a DVD buying binge though. Yeah. So, so what else did
0: you buy? What? You you bought uh this guy bought uh Ace, well, wait, so Ace okay,
1: Two because that looks like a great movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I own the first one. Why should I buy the direct DVD sequel? Uh-huh. Yeah, why not? Why not? I don't know. Yeah. There aren't any, even MMA, uh, there aren't even uh, any MMA fighters in that movie. Why would I buy it? Uh, <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen a Scorpion King two yet? I have not. Uh I I thought about combining that with a Starship's Trooper Three night. They went
0: to three, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Still the Unisex shower?
1: I, I don't know. One can only hope. <laughs>
0: Alright, well cool. Anything else you want to hit on or call it a call it a day?
1: I'm trying to remember if there's anything else I should feign outrage over or anything like that about uh I mean
0: You've been feigning all over the place today. <laughs> a very opinionated Tope and Shelby.
1: Yeah. Um you know nothing big comes to mind. We covered the James Tony stuff from last week, which is kinda of like the big signing deal, Bruhaha. Um oh, Strike Force, please don't sign Jose Consenco. Yeah. I, met you, you, you. I I I'm all I'm all for Herschel Walker, you know, he seemed like don't 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 go. Yeah, anywhere. Jose Canseco's really been trying to make it happen. Yeah, he's Paul uh, James Tony. And,
2: and you know, Jose Cansego did have a mixed martial arts fight in Dream, and he even said like, "I didn't train. I just fought because I needed the money." Like, you know, he got paid a quarter million dollars to go get his ass handed to him. Well, but
0: that's uh, not the kind of attitude we
2: want.
1: In yeah, the, well, in I MMA.
2: mean, he is a guy with a big name from his uh, baseball career. But, uh, you know, he seems kind of like a scumbag for, you know, selling out everyone he's worked with for 20 years. And, uh, you know, like, he's not a mixed martial artist. He's uh, a, a famous guy who's trying to make a buck because he needs the money. Yeah, and, we don't want
1: we don't, we need to see celebrity MMA, you know. Yeah,
2: well, and if we do, like, make it its own show. We saw Celebrity Boxing. And on he, Fox. And yeah. he lost on that, too. Um you know, like why don't you start with a smaller
1: show, <laughs> right? Like he does, like uh, you know, uh, Herschel Walker, and even to an extent James Tony, they are, you know, seem to be legitimately, legitimately interested in MMA, uh, and you know, have that competitive edge. Whereas Jose Canseco, what fair or not, comes across as just wanting to capitalize, you know, drag out his 15 minutes of fame or whatever a little bit longer, you know. Uh, by by do, trying the MMA thing, and you know who knows, uh, maybe maybe the we will rip, whip <laughs> whip him into shape after some training exercises. But uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, um, we we talked, you know, mentioned at the beginning of the show, things that things that I actually can get upset about, and uh, what one uh, not not a big deal, but um, Kimbo knockoff Dada five thousand, which you know if you're gonna if you're gonna rip off Kimbo Slice. Get a much more ridiculous nickname, first of all.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> dot off five thousand. Yeah, is that not ridiculous enough for you? Yeah, you know, it's just, it's good, but you know, <laughs> it, you know, it <laughs> should be like a ice Nitro... cream train twenty two. Because yeah. to me, be... like, off Nitro five thousand yeah. would be we, awesome.
2: We don't need your Google, uh, Google uh,
0: you know, your your Google
2: account number or whatever it is. I don't know. Uh, to me, the the, the five thousand really yeah. adds an extra uh,
1: amount of ridiculousness to it.
0: Well, so what's up with this foo? Is he well,
1: from the street? or something? Uh, that's what YouTube tells us anyways, but uh, uh, I believe um, Miami, Florida fighter, uh, and he, he made his MMA debut this weekend. And, and just uh, a local promotion? Uh, I believe it was, ooh, I don't want to get the name wrong at risk of like defacing someone. Um, yeah, it's true, who,
0: we are the 144th most popular sports podcast on iTunes. But so. that one
1: guy's going to be listening, and uh, <laughs> All right. it, was, it was a smaller promotion, uh, I believe it might have been like uh, Rock and Rumble or something something like that. But, um... He, <laughs> So this fight, and, and again, you know, you're not expecting much, you know, you're like, oh, I'm sure we'll give him a guy who doesn't have a good ground game or anything like that, who he can just beat up on the on the feet because the this, this Dada 5000, it is the Street Fighter thing, you know, it, uh-huh. tri- again, parlaying the Kimbo Slice popularity thing. Um, he was on his back, and his opponent had full mount, and the ref stood him up. Oh! Yeah, and then he won magically, so that's cool, right? Yeah. Wow! Not weird at all, or suspicious, or anything. That's so. strange. Yeah. yeah. Now, how did he win? Was it a, a was it a knockout? Uh, I believe he I believe he won from punches.
0: Was yes. now when you have your opponent in full mount, do you no matter what the ref won't they stand sh-
1: you up? They should not stand someone up. I mean, because full mm-hmm. mount is one of those things like you're close to ending a fight. I mean, uh, so there might have been you know weird circumstances surrounding it, but for the most part, unless you're in full mount and like cross your arms and just don't punch a guy, there's no reason a ref should stand you up in full mount. Mm. You know, it, it seems to me, I remember, uh, I forget if it was Ricardo
2: Arona or Paulo Filio, because those guys are, guys are kind of interchangeable in terms of style, but one mm. of them full-mounted a guy, and if I remember correctly, he pretty much just kind of laid his chest on the guy's head, and the ref actually stood up that one. Yeah. But that seemed fairly legitimate, because he wasn't doing any damage or working towards a submission. He just kind of looked like he was you know, looking to to write out the decision, which he ended up getting, but, uh, you know, it seems to me like you get all that work to, to mount a guy, you're going to work to finish him off. It, it's a lot more significant than laying in a guy's guard, and it's a lot more work getting there. Uh, you know, to get into a guy's guard, all you got to do is take him down, but to get into mount, you pretty much have to take him down, and then you have to pass the guard, and then you have to Go from side mount to mount. I mean, even if you uh, even if you get a nice take down that lands in side mount, you still got to work to get the mount. Uh, I mean, it, it's not like you just magically end up in the mount too often. Right. Um I mean, it, unless your opponent
1: makes a horrible mistake. Yeah. But you, I mean, you usually have to work hard for that position, like you mentioned. And and this isn't like a. You know, I have no interest in bringing attention to Dada 5,000. <laughs> although, how awesome it would it be if he became a household name, right? Dada,
2: Dada. <laughs> 5,000. Dada, you, Dada, done, but, but again, me. it's just
1: one of those examples, uh, a, a good example of what can go horribly wa- wrong with MMA sometimes. You're yeah. like, oh, a ref stood a guy up who had the full mount for no reason, and then he ended up losing against an opponent who was, you know, kind of touted and promoted as, like, the next big thing for this promotion, at least. So it, it just comes across as a little... A little, a little iffy. A little iffy. A little, uh... Mm. Hmm. Yes. Well, hmm. That's all I have to say Don't screw
0: up, mma because the audio choke is a-watching.
1: Yeah, That's
2: it. right. Tobin will find that stuff, and then yeah. he'll come point his finger at you. I will oh. Google you, and then
1: smirch your name.
0: So then you should iTunes us. You should leave a comment. <laughs> you should forum us. You should, uh, you know, fan... MMA Torch over at Facebook and us because we are all over the interwebs and we want to know what you uh, what you think. And Twitter. And Twitter, please. Because we you. tweet on occasion. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, it's been wonderful. Anything else, gentlemen?
1: Uh, one more thing I really, to add, not really ah! want to add. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just real quick. Um, the, keep an eye out for the uh the UFC I believe I don't know if it's called twenty four seven or whatever but the build up the special uh build up for Hardy versus St Pierre because they're doing I believe a three part you know kind of little the, the same Ooh. thing they did for BJ Penn versus George St Pierre too nice. where they give like that the little half hour special show three times uh you know in the, in the weeks building up to their fight so keep an eye out for those on Spike because those should be uh those should be very entertaining. those were fun yes it was and, a little yeah. sad
2: though when uh, BJ Penn just like quit on the last one though because he didn't like the way he was portrayed.
1: Yes. It was edited to make it look like he quit. But whatever, it, those are always, uh, first of all, good insight into the fighters, you know, kind of camp sometimes. But you get to see more of their personality. And uh, yeah. Dan Hardy has quite the personality. And so it would be interesting to see him and George St. Pierre maybe trading barbs back and forth and just kind of see the, their personality clash in addition to, the you know, their fight-style clash. So.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a fight I'm looking forward to. A, a great quote I, I saw from Dan Hardy was that he was going to uh, beat the fake tan off George St. Pierre. Yes,
1: he knows how to sell a fight.
0: All right. Well, we can't wait to be with you next week. Until next time. I'm Greg Rowland. I'm Tobin Shelby. I'm Matt Collins. It's been the audio show. Thank you. <laughs>
1: the audio show.
0: Yeah, so you, can, you know, <laughs> walk softly, carry a big stick. You know, that's uh, that's on the, the way they do bus. it on the street.
1: Yeah. the beard man epic yeah. beard guy that's still relevant right I mean it's been like two weeks
0: I haven't uh, did, cool I never, never saw it I yeah.
1: just, you know an old guy with a beard punches up a not old guy without a beard excellent yeah well <laughs> 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 that's what Matt's got to say about that <laughs> on that
2: note